Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Cool Talks. I'm your host, Grady Cool, and with me I have my lovely co-host. Got Jack. And we like to basically have people come on and give us a little bit of perspective about their lives and what type of things they've learned and things like that. And this week we have our special guest, Ella Gallagher, who is a friend that I know from working as a community assistant in the dorms. Um, would you like to give yourself a little bit of an introduction? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Ella Gallagher. Like Grady said, I'm one of his coworkers being a community assistant um, on ASU's campus in the business dorms. Um, let's see, I'm 20 years old. I'm prone to sunburns and I got a two <laughs> on the AP stats test. Jeez. Hey, <laughs> you're in good company. Then. <laughs> so I hope so. <laughs> God, that's funny. Um, so obviously there were a lot of things that happened in the past, I guess, 15 months now, as far as COVID has gone. I feel like everyone and their mother has some sort of story about things that have happened, but I feel like it's very interesting seeing the different perspectives of specific people like how is this different for one person compared to another so for you what was your experience I guess first coming into ASU pre-pandemic and then I guess what was sorority life like for you kind of coming in before everything kind of went poof <laughs> sure so coming into um, my freshman year of college I was actually really nervous um I went to high school in the Valley. I went to Pinnacle High School in Phoenix, Arizona. So I would say about half of my graduating class went to ASU. So I knew a lot of people on campus and people that were in classes before me, but I was not very like outgoing in high school. I didn't really have a lot of close friends. I had maybe like a handful of people that I would be like really friendly with and I would hang out sometimes. So I knew going into my freshman year that I wanted to become a part of Greek life and kind of see that as a way to make friends. I know people say like, oh, you pay for friends. Like, it's pretty much true, but I feel like you can make friends in any situation. If you're like in a club and you're paying dues, you're paying for friends. If you're in a sorority, you're paying for friends. So I went through the rush process and I joined Chi Omega and it was really great for the fall semester. I met some of my best friends that were in my pledge class. And then as we went through the big sister process, I got really close with my big, who also happened to go to my high school, funnily enough. <laughs> um, and our little like fam that we had. And so I was having like a great fall semester and home for winter break and then came back in the spring. And I was like, Oh, like, let's just do it again. It was so awesome last semester. And it got off to a pretty good start. We got initiated in the spring. Um, so we got initiated like mid January. So we had a period of just like a lot of like super secret, like ritual stuff that like we had to like make sure that like we were on our best behavior in any situation in class, around campus, in the dorms. Um, and then as we transitioned into like the regular time, I guess, of the semester, that's when I started to have like a lot more fun. I was branching out more in the sorority meeting new people and meeting new people within the dorm community. And then that's when COVID happened. And it was kind of a little heartbreak during that moment. I remember I was laying out by my pool and I got that email from President Crow and I shed a tear. <laughs> that's... Well, I guess the world's coming oh, hold to Hold on, Grady. I think here. you just cut out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think um, it might be, yeah. Um, yeah, I was in Mexico City when that happened. It was just like, well, I guess the world's coming to an end, but I guess I'll spend a couple of days here before mm -hmm. I have to get back into it. 
I was I was at work and I was working at ASU and they basically just told me to go home. So I was like, hey, all right, nice. Not going to have to work today. Jeez. So. Yeah, and I remember like at first it was only going to be like that two-week period and everyone's like, oh, yeah, like extra spring break, whatever. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure the world's ending. Oh, yes. We were very naive uh, just a year and a half ago. Oh, I know. Jeez. So it sounded like little nervous coming into things but life was pretty fun kind of before covid kind of struck mm -hmm. so yeah i would say so the pandemic kind of started taking pace sorry could you repeat that one more time i did not hear the first half of your sentence oh sorry um what exactly started feeling like the pandemic was things were falling apart once the pandemic started getting going um, I would have to say I felt like things were falling apart in my life specifically right after classes ended. Um, that's when I kind of was like feeling the strain of the pandemic and kind of like the initial frenzy of everybody like washing their hands all the time and washing their packages and making sure they wore gloves to the grocery store. Um, but then at that time, my parents had announced their divorce. And so it kind of felt like the family life was falling apart, the social life is falling apart, and then just everyday life was falling apart. So, sounds like that's like no real all falling apart at the same time. Mm -hmm. And you can't run away or go anywhere to get out of that. You're just trapped with all these problems. Yeah. Oh. I found myself going on a lot of late night drives just straight shot down Tatum Boulevard until I felt like, okay, I guess I'll turn around now. That, that's understandable. I, I don't think I've experienced things to that degree where it's like each individual part, but did it feel like it was kind of a slow buildup of things or was there just kind of a point where it just, and then some shock happens and it's like, yep, life is just kind of shit right now. Um, I would say that like month of may was kind of the build-up and then at the end of that and kind of like the beginning of june was like okay yeah like there's a lot going on right now and it's all affecting me and not in the best way I feel like some of that started ending does it feel like that's still going on or yeah where are you now <laughs> I am in a much better place now. Um, my parents divorced finalized a couple months ago. So that part of my life is kind of coming to a, a little bit more of a calmer state, I would say. Um, I'm vaccinated. So I don't really like have any like scary thoughts about COVID anymore. And I feel a lot much or I feel a lot better hanging out with my friends or like going out to eat or maybe like going to like a birthday party or something like that. Um, and I've been doing therapy for the last year, just kind of dealing with everything else that kind of culminated at the end of this time last year. Um, so I would say I'm in a much better place now. And I'm like, things are starting to look up and I have like a lot of plans for the future that I'm excited about. So things are looking up, I would say. <laughs> so it sounds like the timing of that was really coincidental with the kind of hysteria of how people have been reacting. Like, Initially, when COVID started, people weren't that like it was touch and go with people stopping doing things, but they weren't really like changing their own personal actions that much. And then 
a lot of that into April and May. A lot of that started happening, and then things are really starting to calm down, at least here in Arizona, a lot. So mm-hmm. it, it sounds like a lot of literally just the entire pandemic was coincidental with all of those feelings. Yeah, I would say so. Like the pandemic was pretty well timed with all the different life events that it kind of just felt like one in the same and like something was like calm in like my family life, then it was also calm in like school and personal life and social life and the pandemic. Gotcha. Do you do you feel like that was coincidental or some of that had to do with how other people were reacting to the pandemic? Or a little of both. <laughs> I don't know. I have mixed feelings about how the pandemic has gone. I mean, I am not going to sit here and say I was like the stellar student in terms of being a pandemic. I definitely I don't think anybody went knows. out a couple <laughs> times with my friends and I certainly complained about wearing a mask all the time. Um, and I know that those feelings have been kind of the same sentiment across our state and across the country. So I wouldn't necessarily say that like everything is coincidental, but I would say like certain, like, I would say it like kind of coincides with people's attitudes, if that makes sense. Let's just know if you're actually hearing any of anything we're saying here. Uh, A little while ago, you mentioned uh, therapy and, uh, you know, on this, on this podcast, we have really uh, sung the the praises of uh, mental health awareness and that actually treating that so you don't you know when i'm not asking you to go into any particulars but would you say that you've had you know a generally good and you know uh, beneficial experience with that Mm, i think i would my therapy has mostly been centered around um a relationship with my mom and kind of how that's coincided like her and i have had a very rocky relationship since i was in like sixth grade i would say so a lot of my therapy has been kind of like addressing hurt feelings and the trauma, I would say, over the last couple of years with that. And then also talking about how it affects my relationship with my siblings or with my dad or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Or just like my attitude about like the divorce or the pandemic or how it plays into school. So a lot of it has been kind of like how my previous issues are uh, like inserting themselves into like my current life right now. Right. So, you know, you're trying to make it so these problems don't, don't follow you and you can, you know, move on. Yeah. Yeah. That mm-hmm. I, the amount of things that I feel like come back to some sort of like childhood thing or with parents is still unbelievable to me. Oh yeah. It's super uncanny, especially like not even just like me personally, like whenever you see like people on social media saying like, I saw a video on TikTok the other day that said like this girl is in therapy and she found out that she had like a traumatic childhood and she didn't even realize it because she thought that like everything was perfect in her life and like her parents weren't mean to her or anything like that but there was just like some like slight things that would make it like traumatic for a child that you wouldn't even pick up on. That makes a lot of sense having heard quite a few people's stories (laughs) this type of thing now. Yeah I mean just as a kid, you're, you're, you know, uh, it might be an unpopular opinion, but kids are kind of dumb. <laughs> so the fact that they, uh, like they wouldn't know that something's abnormal or that, you know, they should want something a little better out of, out of any type of relationship is not entirely, uh, surprising. Yeah. And I think too, it helps that in the last couple of years, people have been really, um, determined with breaking the stigmatism of mental health and like the kind of taboo of it all. And it's kind of now like 
like the thing that everybody suggests like oh like you are feeling upset or you're not liking how something's going in your life like maybe you should try therapy or counseling or some sort of like psychiatric help and I think that it's like really helped a lot especially like people that in my life I know that have had like even like one of my girlfriends her and her boyfriend broke up a couple times this year and she turned to therapy instead of just like thinking about it because it wasn't making her feel good yeah that seems like a smart way to go um sounds like things were kind of rocky with your mom with things but you also mentioned that you had with your dad kind of sat down and watched college football basically every saturday is that one an essential part of your guys's kind of interactions and relationship has that kind of changed over time and do you feel like you guys are meaning is that now a good relationship or what is that like these days um definitely my relationship with my dad is one of my strongest relationships um I talk to my dad about everything and I don't really feel like I need to hide anything from him um and I think a lot of that is due to the fact that Growing up, um, my dad is a police officer, so he had always, like, really non-traditional work schedules, so a lot of the times he would be home with me and my siblings for most of the weekdays in the mornings if he was working on the night shift, or he would be able to pick us up from school, or we would see a lot of him on the weekends, Um, so that was definitely, like, a very steady amount of time with a parent figure. Um, And then growing up, my mom was kind of like a corporate type career mom. She worked in a pharmaceutical company. Um, And then after she had my youngest brother, she became a stay at home mom. Um, But at that time, like my relationship with my dad was like already so strong that like it was always just like me and my dad doing something that was watching college football. I can remember like as early as like seven or eight years old sitting on the couch watching Tommy Reese throw a touchdown pass for Notre Dame are some of my best memories especially like when I pictured I picture like the way our living room was set up and the old couches that we had in the entertainment center um and now like as I've gotten older like I've been able to understand the sport more and be able to say like oh like this is what they're doing they're running a naked bootleg or they're running a bubble screen and kind of predicting like what's going to happen next and being like really excited about the sport. And so every Saturday I look forward to that. And since I've been in college, I have been sad to miss it because I was obviously in Tempe, but when I would come home, I try to come home at least like once a month or for like an important game. And me and my dad will still sit and watch football all day. I'm glad that that's at least gotten to continue to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice to see that, uh, that, memory sorry am i cutting there we go uh it's really nice just a little bit yeah that uh, these are so particular uh that you can kind of make those those good uh you know bonding memories uh you know with a with a father like that and uh, you know especially Mm -hmm. that's that's pretty unique too because not not too many daughters are you know will sit through a a football game with their dad so that's pretty special yeah (laughs) i think i'd like to point out too that uh, this is our our second guest in a row whose uh, mom had some sort of dealings in the pharmaceutical industry right Oh, really? I cannot remember. That's kind of funny, Gracie yeah. Gracie from, from last week. That was a good episode, uh, audience. Get that one. <laughs> anyway, I. it's just interesting seeing, like, that kind of dynamic. I feel like a lot of people, it's like mm-hmm. they wish they could find that kind of, like, 
one-off activity where they can always go back to that type of thing together. I feel like it's hard to find something that people bond over that much. Mm. I certainly appreciate it, especially because it's like become such a big part of my life. Like in the beginning of the year when all of us CAs were getting ready for moving and making sure that everything was all set up. I remember sitting and talking with, I think it was like Brennan Hayes and Alex McCall about football and like all the boys that I was like looking forward to seeing like in the pros and talking about how I don't follow professional football. I just follow like the players that I thought stood out during college. And I am excited to see them and watch them do well in the league. And that became like a segue for me to join the CA fantasy football league and (laughs) (laughs) make some friends that way too. There's definitely a lot of friends you can make watching sports, especially the ones where it's like whatever's biggest in your country. It's so easy to like find people that will watch the sport. Always something easy to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Just put a blurb like about sports on your resume. That's a bit of advice. section on your resume that says interests and if you put something like football or baseball or basketball or something like that down there if anyone likes those sports at all they were the half the interview will just be talking about sports <laughs> and you don't even have to know that much if you just you know keep up with basic things like who's your starting quarterback <laughs> what is their record like what is happening in the league and i don't know i my cousins both play um college football so i've watched a fair amount kind of throughout the years kind of coming and going with how much I watch but it it's definitely interesting trying to talk with people at just different levels of how much they like the game it's always nice when someone actually fully understands what's going on oh yeah and I mean just in the context of like a, a job interview per se like it's 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 really another day at the office for the interviewer right like no matter how nervous or like scared or Oh, there we go. Uh, your interviewer is just doing their, their job, right? They're not nervous. So if you could move that interview a little away from whatever the boring rehearsed thing they've asked everybody, it's, you know, something they're genuinely interested in, they're going to have a pretty good uh, impression of that interview. And I think it, it can't hurt your chances, certainly. Yeah, I think I might have to update my resume <laughs> after this. I, yeah, weird little thing that happens, but. So now that the pandemic's kind of coming to an end, I guess one question that I've kind of heard thrown around that I thought was interesting is what makes you feel like your best self or inspired? Meaning when, when things have kind of not gone so good, when do you feel, what makes you feel like you're kind of at your best? Um, this is going to sound really superficial, but I feel at my best when I'm tan. That is something I look forward to every summer. I made my work schedule around my tanning schedule this <laughs> summer. Um, I just like enjoy laying out, getting my daily dose of vitamin D. It's kind of like my me time. I listen to my music. I lay out, dip in the pool, hang out with the dogs and kind of just hang out with myself and kind of like collect myself if I was having a bad day the night before or if I'm like getting ready for like a busy night at work um that's like my me time and I love like looking at myself in the mirror at the end of the summer and looking at like the difference between like my arm and like my tan lines or something like that and I love I just like I like it I don't know what it is but um it's definitely like 
a bigger effort now than it was when I was a kid. You know, like you're a kid, you spend like hours in the pool and you like don't really reapply yeah. sunscreen. <laughs> um, now it's like a little bit more of a conscious effort and it's a little treacherous sometimes, you know, because it's so hot out now, but it's all worth it. Yeah. Gotcha. Sunscreen's too expensive to not be tan. Well, I say like all my friends are like, oh, like, why don't you just like get fake tan or one of my best friends from high school, her mom owned um, uh, like a tanning salon. And she's like, oh, like, why don't you come use the beds? It's like, because the sun is free. <laughs> <laughs> I Personally, I feel I'm not a huge fan of like when when you can look at someone and know it's like a spray tan or you know that they use the tanning bed versus like it looks like someone's just outside a lot. Those are two very different looks in my head. Yeah. I definitely prefer the more natural look at things. But I definitely t understand what you mean by it used to be a whole lot easier to just naturally be like, oh, yeah, I'm just outside for an hour or two a day. <laughs> so I just, you know, I'm tan. Mm -hmm. Like I used to yeah. go mountain biking or I'd go hiking a lot. And my arm. From Islam is like both of them, I'd be darker than I was just like, this is not normal but um, yeah here we are and now it's like pale all the time yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's how i am my mom is italian and my dad is irish so when i was little it was like so easy to get tan but now i feel like <laughs> as i've grown up the irish genes have kicked in and it takes like a conscientious effort to get tan and like make sure i don't burn myself at the same time yeah oh jack here just gets freckles yeah no they don't <laughs> It's just, they just, they just pop up at all. Like the rest of the skin, it'll stay the same hue, but you know, I'll have some more freckles, I guess. <laughs> it is what it is. But that's okay. How did you originally get into that? I mean, I feel like it's not one that you hear people talk about super pur purposefully a lot. Um, it started last year during the pandemic, actually, because I used to never like really lay out because I was always like so hot and I would get so tired of it. Um, but last year during the pandemic, obviously we were sent home for spring break and then kept home for those two weeks. Um, I was like, Oh, like I only have class like at 10 30 and then my other classes like weren't meeting on zoom at the time. So I thought, okay, I'll wake up, go to class, do my homework and then tan. And at that point it wasn't too hot out and the UV index wasn't really high. So I could lay out for as long as I want. It became like my me time, especially, you know, like I was saying before, like the pandemic and my family was falling apart. My social life was falling apart. So it was like my time to like collect myself. And then like when I would have an opportunity to see my friends, we would all compare each other's tans and be like, oh, how long did you lay out for today? <laughs> uh, that's funny. I feel like of all types of yeah. coping mechanisms a person could have, if you're tanning when it's not going to like cook your skin alive, patient at that point, like there's a lot of similarities there I could see, but yeah, I can't. I don't think yeah, I it is. Can I say mean... going outside and relaxing is a bad coping mechanism yeah. <laughs> when you have yeah. I'm... <laughs> especially like I think of it as like I'm getting like vitamin D and vitamin D is supposed to like make you happy and make you healthy and it was like a time like I would talk with my therapist and whenever I meet with her she's like so did you lay out today <laughs> and she knows that it's like my time to like collect myself or think about like my week for the next couple days or just like take some time apart from whatever is going on between a very crazy family awesome 
And then one other question I have for you is, what is the best compliment you have ever received? It can be just how it made you feel or just like objectively you're just like, wow. That's a really good one. I'm gonna have to think about this. I don't know. I think I really appreciate when people um, say that I'm funny. I like to think I'm funny. <laughs> I make myself laugh all the time and us laugh. I try really hard <laughs> to make other people laugh. <laughs> um, but when people like, they're like, hey, like you're really funny or that was really funny like that just like kind of makes me feel happy and like good about myself, especially cause like I feel like um, being funny is like not only something that like you can make yourself laugh but others laugh and I enjoy like making people feel good about themselves or giving people a laugh especially you know like with anything that be that can be going on in any person's life I feel like it's just nice to take a laugh yeah I mean it's it's got to be good for you know everybody's mental health to, especially <laughs> recently to just you know take the edge off a little bit definitely I nice when someone's like ah oh, yes you're doing a cool thing and you chose to be that way yeah it's like validating for you yeah definitely um i would say yeah i would say that probably or sometimes i'll say to my dad like dad am i your funniest kid ever he's like well you're my funniest oldest daughter <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny that's a dad joke right there it is a dad joke he's very good at them <laughs> there's a special place in my heart for like puns and dad jokes. It's like something can just be a terrible joke, but if you can just deliver it just the right way, it just puts a smile right on my face. <laughs> oh yeah. No, the... That's how my family is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Jen. Oh, I was just going to say, that's like how my family is. We enjoy like the stupid stuff. Like we laugh at fart jokes and punk <laughs> jokes. Like, Oh, I will never Love forget us. last Thanksgiving. We were meeting my grandfather's girlfriend for the first time and we were all like making poop jokes and she's like this very like prim and proper lady she was like it was like her first time meeting all of us and like me and all my cousins and my aunts and uncles are talking about poop jokes and how like i don't know if you guys know but there's this like app called the poop map and you can like did not log know. when and where you go to poop well now you know and you can join it it's so funny it'll say like such cute things when people like like log their poop it'll say like grab a mask and brenna bear just clog uh, the toilet <laughs> is that just domestic or do they have that international i feel like they have it international one of my neighbors said that she logged her poop at the vatican i feel like it'd be super useful when you're traveling in other places you're like where's a bathroom then you can yeah. log it did anybody make make a holy shit joke related to that <laughs> Oh my gosh, that would have been the perfect opportunity. I I feel like my dad might have when he when she said that, but I can't I can't remember. That's just perfect. All right, you can you can you can take credit for that one. Just bring that one home. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Yeah. Personally, I don't feel bad about stealing other people's jokes and saying them to other people that haven't heard them. Given that I think that's how ninety five oh, yeah. percent of comedy happens. Yeah, I mean nothing's original anymore. Given that the internet exists, nah. <laughs> Someone had mm -hmm. to come up with everything. I'm not convinced. There could be there could be an AI or a robot making Unless all the jokes. Unless you just think God's just whispering things into the internet. Whispering. I mean, I don't know how else it yeah. come out. <laughs> it's a great question. <laughs> There's always something new to reference. Yeah. You know, speaking of uh, bad puns and jokes, uh, Drew Grayson is not here right now. so He says <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm sad I'm missing it. I apologize to the Cool Talks audience. (laughs) Uh, We've let you down. We've let ourselves down, you know, bottom of my heart, you know. Yeah, we've just checked into the Heartbreak Hotel today, haven't we? (laughs) Yes, Yes, we have. Um, Is there anything else you guys kind of want to touch on before we wrap things up? Hmm. Well, we... We did touch on the, the poop map, so that's a great thing for people to check out, of course. Um, any social media or special causes or anything like that you'd like people to know about, Ella? Um, I'm really passionate about um, serving victims of sex trafficking. That's something I want to do when I grow up. I want to prosecute major crimes. Um, and hopefully one day I can work my way up the prosecution ladder to federal prosecution ladder and then maybe one day I'll be in public office and at that point I want to um, add to the Trafficking Victims Protection Act that it's like basically this act that protects people um, that are victims of trafficking, human trafficking, sex trafficking, Um, but I want to add into it um, stuff that can serve women after they've gone through the process of finding justice because too often we serve these women in a way that we get them out of their situation and bring them justice but then there's no aftercare and it's kind of an afterthought for these women so that's something i'm really passionate about um and if anybody wants to learn more about this topic i would encourage you to look up the asu sex trafficking intervention research office or stir s-t-i-r um or there's amazing resources at the mccain institute and the decision theater also local in tempe very cool. Sounds like a noble cause. Yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's something that I've grown up with. Um, my dad worked as the lieutenant and then the commander of the um, Drug Enforcement Bureau, which houses the Human Trafficking Exploitation Task Force. Um, so that's something that I have been around since I was probably 10 years old, learning about this and seeing how much it affects women in our state and how prevalent it is in our society. Gotcha. Yeah, but. It's like it's nice seeing that connection while at the same time something that is just objectively I think anyone could get behind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's scary stuff right there. I'm I'm glad that you know you're uh you know pushing yourself to a kind of uh pursue uh you know a career and you know public work in that in that field. So I think you'll you'll be able to make a difference there. Thank you guys. Yeah. Um, if you guys enjoyed, make sure to hit the like button and definitely check out Ella's cause. Definitely very, very good. (laughs) And if you guys want to see more of these videos, hit that subscribe button. And if there's anyone in particular you'd like to see on here or you're interested in being a guest or whatever it might be, let us know.